while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Tonight, I'm Marcus. I'm Chris, and we're joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Not at all, guys. Great to be with you. It's been uh, been a few weeks. Yeah, it has yeah, been. yeah, yeah. Good to see you back in the seat. I was in. Uh, well, about a couple uh, hours ago, right? You know, I, I I walked out of here and went to the. BSM kitchen started a pot roast. And should, should be ready by now, you guys. Welcome to it. Um, so you 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 covered a couple topics with with Tim earlier today. I just want to I want to have a different conversation with you. We want to have a different conversation with you. You didn't, you didn't like what I had to say. I want to just change, change no. it. <laughs> We're going to give. You I a don't sec- want to talk about that. We're going to give you a second shot. It. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, do, no, I, I I just don't want to cover. Um, I don't know, paving Buttonwood Park or whatever it was. But um, but uh, the one thing I do want to ask you about earlier today is uh, the methadone clinic uh, or the, propo- the proposal of the methadone, cl- methadone clinic downtown. I've actually talked to some local um, people who work in recovery, uh, addiction recovery, and um, they've said that uh, this isn't fulfilling a, a need. The the needs of uh, for methadone have already been filled mostly in the city, and that is this isn't a good district for it. And it sounds like you are mostly in agreement with that. Um, y- yeah. Uh, well, it is for sure not the right place. Yeah. Um, and I, I question whether there is whether the need isn't fulfilled. There's clearly a need for uh, addiction treatment services right yeah but we have services in place and the question is you know can if there is any unmet need can the existing service providers ramp up to yeah to, to meet it right uh we have two methadone clinics in the city already we have a number of uh, medical offices and i use that term very broadly right that dispense suboxone mm-hmm. right and the brand name for buprenorphine right which is a sort of less intense um treatment for for addiction um so there there were lots of them and uh, actually um so i i i'm skeptical that the the need can't be met by existing providers yeah um um, but this is you know a for-profit company um uh, the franchise of which is uh, as i understand it owned by the gentleman from providence the landlords from fall river this is more of the same out out of town landlord uh, challenge that we have uh, that manifests itself in, num- in a number of ways across the city, but this this is just not the place for this type of thing. We've worked very hard 
And it's not to sound ham-hearted about folks with addiction. We of all course. know folks who've had those, those issues. But, you know, we're trying to um, elevate the downtown to Absolutely. be a, a welcoming place for everybody. And, you know, for anybody who, you know, says, you know, well, you know, you're, you're excluding a use that helps people. I just say, look, do you, you know, would you want to walk your family down the street at a time when that place is busy? Right? Yeah. It's... Um, I think most people would say probably not. Would you want yeah. want your daughters walking? Like I have daughters, right? Yeah. Would you walk right. that walk them walk down the street, right? Yeah. I mean those. Um, so I, I think the answer is no. And and um, you know the question. I, so it's going to be before the zoning board of appeals mm-hmm. soon. I've communicated my opinion to the board that the meeting should be held in person, not by Zoom. And, um, and so, you know, that's, I presume that will happen. And, and then, you know, there may well be a legal battle uh, over this. You know, the problem that, no doubt that there will be, you know, uh, arguments raised about the so-called Dover Amendment, which is a federal law that says that certain types of uses, educational uses, medical uses, uh, under many circumstances can trump local zoning, zoning decisions. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that battle may be joined. What I would say to, you know, these folks, to the landlord who also owns Fall River Pond Brokers next door, um, and to the service provider is, you know, uh, you didn't you know, raise this with city officials. There's no, yeah. no, no indication that, you know, there was an indication that uh, you work to get uh, our opinion, the opinion of the neighbors, the opinion of anybody about whether this was appropriate here. And, you know, it's just I, I'm not seeing anything to suggest that it's um, anything but totally inappropriate for that spot. Speaking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, um, I, I think. So, the only point I think that's worth making here, John, is that um, the city of New Bedford is ex- providing services to a lot of people that aren't from New Bedford. You wonder how many of those mass health paid for cars are going across the bridge from Fairhaven or coming in from Dartmouth to use the methadone clinic already. And I think you guys have a a legitimate gripe there, um, or concern. I don't know if gripe's the right word. Um, Talk about that for a second. Yeah, we do, right? So so we we do have a concentration of service providers, right? I I don't – I'm not aware of – I guess there's another clinic um, on Fonts Connor Road – uh, that's the, the same outfit, Recovery Centers of America. But otherwise, in the suburbs, I'm not aware of any any other provider. I know that this was about five years ago or so uh, when there were, were issues around uh, a suboxone provider on um, on Grape Street yes. right, in, the, in the West End. And a lot of people were talking about that and whether it's necessary and it's since got closed up right it's not an issue anymore but they were there for a while and we we tried our best through you know mostly through google searches but also just sort of through through um medical networks try to map out where all the suboxone clinics were in greater new bedford and it turned out that uh of the 19 in greater new bedford 18 were in the city and there was one in north dartmouth that's so people with those who need those services will 
gravitate to where the services are provided. Some of them stay longer. Some of them, um, you know, settle in. And we do know that the methadone clinics already, and, and I don't want to conflate methadone clinics and suboxone clinics. They're different things. Some places offer both. Sure. Um, but the two methadone clinics in the city do bring in people from pretty far away from Cape Cod and, and, and elsewhere. So, um, you know, we're not looking to be, you know, we want to take care of folks who are here, but we're a city that isn't flush with resources. Um, and I think it's not, there, there's something inappropriate to my mind for New Bedford to sort of be the, the, the default service provider for a huge swath of of, um, of Massachusetts. And in and, and the case of methanol, that is, that is what, what, what happens. So do you think that if there is a need for uh, another methadone clinic, it should be like over here in Fairhaven or in Dartmouth or in, or in Freetown? Well, we're certainly looking at, uh, for on a number of fronts, the, the deconcentration of services, right? So, you know, there are a lot of folks, for instance, who, you know, have pushed my administration understandably to do uh, to provide some more wraparound services for the homeless in the city. And we do have a fair amount of homeless. They're not originally from New Bedford, but right. they are there. And, you know, we've done a lot of good for them. There are investments that may well need to be made to provide a higher level of service. But the question becomes, well, where do you physically do that? Is it, should it be in the urban core? Should it be in proximity to places that you're trying to redevelop and draw tourists to and draw families to? And uh, what the answer that a lot of cities uh, are turning to now is, well, why don't these facilities, right, whether it's a recovery facility or a, you know, a more permanent homeless shelter, um, why, don't, why don't those be located in places that are less developed, uh, that are not in the middle of, like, everything, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, because you have these congregation problems, you have black market problems with some of the, you know, the drugs that are provided. And so, like the city of Boston, right, to pick the nearest big city, right, so they, they've had their uh, recovery, their primary, for many years, up until very recently, had their primary recovery facility out literally on an island. Right, that's right. right. Yep. Connected um, by land, by a bridge to Quincy, Massachusetts, that has since, like, fallen in the ocean because right. everyone's <laughs> taking care of it, but they're trying right. to rebuild it, and it's very controversial there. But, you know, the point is that, and but they're also looking at other ways to, spread the services around because the reality is that not everybody who needs services whether the homeless services um or addiction services um come from the, the place where those services are located we're speaking with new bedford mayor john mitchell um i actually wanted to talk to you about this issue i guess is still ongoing although there was a positive development on it um scallop leasing uh you went out, you made the um intrepid up to gloucester to speak out against um, the, uh, the the scallop leasing proposal it got uh, shut it got shot down by the fisheries advisory uh, advisory council um, why was that a positive development um, for the fishing industry in New Bedford well um, I think the short answer is because I think it will in the long run have preserved jobs both yeah. uh, among fishermen and uh, on the shore side. The reason for that is um, the, the measure that was proposed would have allowed the owner of multiple scallop permits, which are assigned individually to each boat, to consolidate those permits on one boat, right? So you'd only have to fish one boat. And the, the logic of that is, you know, is 
pretty ordinary, right? It's yeah. you send you hire one crew, right. you have them go out um, more times in the year. You don't have to buy as much ice. You don't have to buy you have to mend as many nets and so yeah. forth, right? And so it reduces costs, and you know the productivity remains the same, and it, it would, would just because productivity is directly um, uh, correlated with the time with the effort, right? The time you're out at sea, then. It's, Profits should go up. So this was really a pitch to raise profits, right? But the reality is that with you know, the consolidation of the fleet that would come as a result of it, you'd see fewer crew uh, member jobs. You would have um, more scallop fishing companies have greater buying power for things like ice and fuel and nets. Um, you would have... Um, and there would be more vertical integration. And then, you know, the logic of it would continue from there. Like if if you get away from this one permit, one one boat rule, right, then what's stopping, you know, from NOAA from allowing larger boats, right? So further consolidation, what's, um, what's stopping NOAA then from allowing the trading of permits, which allow for the commoditization of the permits, which means that, private equity firms can right. buy them up yeah. and, you right. know, it's not going to be the guy who lives in Mattapoisett or Fairhaven or New Bedford who owns the boat it's going to be somebody wherever right yeah. Wall Street or Palm Beach or, you know, right? so wherever that capital and that's already resides. a problem you know the New Bedford Light covered that I think pretty well yeah, so that's a risk, right? So some of that has happened right the, the industry the fishing industry is still largely family owned yeah here I say that with some qualification because so much of what happens in New Bedford now in the water is, um, you know, so much of it, not all of it, but a substantial amount of what comes in here is comes in from boats that are home ported in other states, right? So there, there have been a lot of changes in the fishing industry, and I get why many of the scallop um, business owners are want to see some level, want some more flexibility, but, you know, they... They tried. They 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 tried to bite off something here that was much larger than the city could chew, and yeah. the port could chew. And I just I said, look, you know, let's call time out here. We we we're a city, we're a city that cannot afford capital flight. Right. right? Yeah. That, that's that is fundamentally the problem, <laughs> and we don't. So having lo- that local ownership is important, and um, and so that's why I stood up against it. Uh, I, I also think they went about it the wrong way. I mean, they hired a. Washington lobby. He was obnoxious. Went straight to Washington right. with the issue rather than talking about it here in New Bedford. Yeah. Right. And so that got my back up. And, and so the fight was on. And I'm glad the council saw it the same way that I did. I thought one of the most important things that you did, John, in, in this, rather than rally, just not just rallying the political troops, but you came in with a, with an economic study from Dan Georgiana from right. UMass Dartmouth, which I thought was very persuasive, you know, because anybody can argue opinions and, and emotions, yep. but you hit him with the facts. Right. So we reached out to – I mean, I felt like, you know, we needed to you – know, much of the case was empirical, right? In other words, we had to say, you know, what – how this would roll out, right? You had to make some case of that. It's not enough for me to sort of state the theory that consolidation is going to lead to fewer jobs. You actually had to put something behind it and bring in some, you know, some expertise to substantiate it. So Dan Georgian has done, a, the former UMass economics professor, has done a number of these studies on the fishing industry in the city. 
and uh, so he, his his work, I think, was was instrumental in yeah, us to make our case. So um, I remember it was some time ago you were lobbying for somebody from New Bedford to be on the uh, on the council because there hadn't been somebody from New Bedford yet. Has yeah. that come to fruition? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, so the New Bedford representative, as it were, is Eric Hansen, who owns okay, a couple yeah. of scallopers um, and who's just very experienced in this. It is widely respected. There was. Um, you know, I was frustrated for a period last year um, when John Quinn came off the, the right. Fisheries Management oh, right. Council, right. yeah, and um, the nomination. To, so the 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 board nominations are first um, made by the governor and submitted to the Secretary of Commerce. So the governor forwards three picks, and then the three options, and the yeah. Secretary of Commerce picks among them. And um, in the case of John Quinn's slot, Governor Baker um, didn't send any name along that was that of a person from New Bedford, which, you know, again, uh, in Massachusetts, 70% of the fish landings are attributable to the port of New Bedford, right? It's it's overwhelmingly concentrated here, and there should never be a, a lack of New Bedford representation on the board so i talked to the governor about it. i talked to the secretary environmental secretary at the time and made my opinion known about that and um i'm glad that they got behind um eric hansen who's the, the name that i had forwarded to them and you know eric eric will be really good excellent let's take a break now and we'll be back with new bedford mayor john mitchell here on south coast tonight mayor mitchell so we were talking about this the other night on friday um and you have, you know, you've you've been lobbying for the city council, and I think it's in the ordinance committee now. But you've been lobbying for the city council to increase the pay of department heads. Um, someone called in and said they watched the meeting where that was deliberated, and there were two counselors. You can probably guess who that said you don't need to pay raise because Mayor Mitchell's just like a mean guy and is a oh, jerk to his. I about that. It's a jerk to his I department forgot about heads. That. Yeah. <laughs> So, that was the crux of the so, argument. Yeah, like, right. you're just a mean guy and you're a jerk to your department heads, and that's why they're leaving. Well, that's, I heard that, and that wasn't nice. <laughs> so, so, again. So stop being mean. No, yeah, no. I know, it's all my what, fault. What, but, but explain the audience. What, what's going on with that? So, um, look, it's, you know, from time to time, like any other employer, the city has to look at what it pays people, right? And it has to ask the question, really two two questions. Are we getting uh, highly qualified people in, especially in the most important positions? And is are we pay- not hurting their feelings? Well, are we not hurting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, right. I got to ask myself that. I got to look myself in the mirror. It's telling me a Thursday. Here you go, kids. <laughs> and the other question is: is are, is the pay scale, which in the public sector sector is fixed, right? Yeah. Um, is it fair across the board, right? Yeah. Which is a really tough question because you know there's always going to be variations that some people might disagree with right if you if you're a per, you're a person who's got a certain expertise that's hard to find you're probably going to get paid more but what about the person who brings less expertise in but is, but supervises five times as many people like who right. deserves more right so these are some tough judgment calls and the city has to go back every so often and revisit these things to understand them so and, and some cities have 
an ordinance on the books that says every two years you got to go back and check out all this stuff, right? Okay. So like the city of Boston is uh, an example, and I hate to compare us to Boston and all that, but um, but but it's it's a wise thing to do because if you bring a third party consultant in yeah. who says, yeah, this is what it looks like out there, then you can have a discussion right. that's not politically charged around it. Sure. So we went out and we had uh, a, a a survey done in the, earlier this year to see how we compare and like positions with other cities right so think of like fall river brockton providence worcester springfield right just to get us a a sense of things and we put together a you know essentially an excel spreadsheet that showed what where we are um where where we are in relation to the market and what you know we propose to do to be competitive and now that that requires also um you know a a value decision too, like how sure. competitive yeah. do you want to be? Like ideally, uh, honestly, you, you want to be better than everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. But that may not be realistic financially. But you you need to keep moving forward because, and look, I, I get it. People will say, "Oh, public employees, you know, you got to you got to made while you get that pension and and so forth, and four weeks of vacation in most in, in many cases." And so, why you know why should taxpayers you know, foot that those bills, and the answer is um, because mediocrity is expensive, and we yeah. know this right in our own experience. So, you know, you hire a carpenter, if you hire the cheapest carpenter you can find to come yeah. in and you know fix your bathroom, and then it turns out, well, it's all screwed up. Like the hinges are hanging off the cabinet, and like the tile wasn't laid right on the floor, and the board and like the door casings are off. You got to go out and hire another carpenter to fix the mess left behind, and that in the end cost more money well the yeah. same goes with city government right so if you hire except sometimes the stakes are a lot higher yeah right if you get somebody who's managing hundreds of millions of dollars right who doesn't you know, can't balance their own checkbook well, yes. um yeah you might you, you might just have a problem on your hands so you know we need to be competitive and so that's you know what we've pro- proposed to the city council what's before them now is our best effort to to and discerning what it takes to be competitive to bring people in. Mm-hmm. We had been failing and to, to compete. So we tried to hire an auditor. We hired a headhunter. We couldn't find anybody. We eventually hired a gentleman from Nantucket who was the number two person in their auditor's office or mm-hmm. their analog <clears throat> office. And in order for him to work in New Bedford without taking a pay cut, we had to start him on the fourth step in the right. scale. The city council refused to do it. He said, okay, thanks, and he's working for some town up in the Boston area. Incredible. So I'll give you another Awful. example. Renee Fernandes, the city's longtime treasurer, has been there 15 years, has a really solid track record, very, very widely respected. She was just hired away by the town of Middleborough. The town of Middleborough pays its treasurer $15,000 more than New Bedford. Wow. Those are Republicans, Marcus. A town, a town, a town of twenty-five thousand, a right. city of over a hundred thousand. Right? Right. They pay; they're more competitive, and so, and those people, people with those qualifications, don't grow on trees. Yeah. And they're they they're really hard to find. And when you have them, you got to pay them well. Yes. Um, to keep them, and so I'm really concerned about this, and. Uh, so we've struggled to retain employers, employees because well, um, of Ari to, Sky too, right? He went to Lakeville. Yeah. So in the case of Ari Sky, right, our CFO, you know, Ari wanted to become a 
town administrator or something who wanted to run his own show. So that was what drove it. But okay. that was a year and a half ago. He's We have not been able to fill that position. So yeah. the CFO position in, in New Bedford has remained vacant because – well, uh, because we don't we don't pay enough. We just yeah. we're just not competitive in that market, and that has caused it's caused a big problem for us. It meant that everybody else has to sort of fill in, yeah. um, and it's it, it, it's totally inadequate. The city needs a CFO, and we haven't had that in a long time. And so that's one of the many positions for which we're seeking to elevate the the, uh, the salary. So uh, I hope the city council, you know considers this, understands that it is being proposed to them in good faith and that they act on it, you know, with uh, with all deliberate speed. Well, to, to get to that, the fine point there, is there any working with the council on this? Yeah, so we've talked and we've reached out. Um, well, not are you trying, but how, what are you feeling from the council? Well, of the ones I've spoken to, okay. with the exception of the ones that, you know, who see things Say you're a mean very, guy. very differently. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a meanie. Yeah. Um, you know, I they, keep telling they, you, you shouldn't have won the 2011 election. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, they've been receptive. They understand. Okay. I mean, they hear, they see, they see people, you know, leaving because to, to make more money. Yeah. And so we've had some people who've left for retirement, but it's not just that people left. It's that we, it's been hard to backfill. Exactly. Um, and because the salaries just aren't there. I, w- I would just encourage people, to, if, you, if you're really interested in this subject, go, go on the Mass Municipal website and look at the job office. They, they, uh, they, every town has got a pipeline. They're, they're trying to develop a pipeline to get these professionals in the door. Before the pandemic, uh, especially um, municipal finance professionals were scarce. and It was becoming a, a problem in Massachusetts and other places. After the pandemic, it's a real big problem. And, um, and, and so you don't. You know, there's just a lot of money at stake. It's taxpayer money. It's hard-earned people's hard-earned money, and it needs to be managed skillfully, responsibly, with integrity. And people who have those attributes need to be paid well. And and just to just to clarify, um, because uh, there might be some confusion, this is for department heads. It's not for like unionized employees such as teachers or firefighters or police officers. Right. So the so the, so right. So that's that's a great point. So the the unionized employees, um, you know, have their collective bargaining agreements, yeah. which uh, you know typically are three years long and are subject to renegotiation. We've been renegotiating those as as we go along. We've recently recently reached agreement with uh the firefighters that was about two weeks ago three weeks ago um uh, with the teachers just before the start of uh the fiscal year right i guess that was back in june um and so those and we're negotiating we're in negotiations now with police so these things are constantly being updated it's different with the managerial professionals those salaries aren't reset uh, as frequently and so if the, when when they're not you end up in the the position we're in, which is, you know, not nearly competitive as we should be. Speaking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, um, yeah, yeah so, right. so you're talking about spending money, but also on the other side, you're working very hard at trying to increase the tax base here in New Bedford. Yep. Um, I know you've had some development coming about with, with the Quinn family over the Hicks-Logan area. Um, there's stuff going on over there. Yep. Of course, we have a story at WBSM today. You're retooling a little bit on the uh, a project I think is wonderful, which is the golf course, partial golf course, yeah. redo with you know, industrial. Right. Talk a little bit about that, John. Yeah, so the so you know, we've talked about this before, right? So New Bedford, um, you know, New Bedford is um, 
I say land poor. We don't have a lot of land, right? So sure. and for you know, further that we'd like to develop housing and commercial space and so forth. And so that constrains our tax base, right? A lot of places that, you know, have you know, are solid financially places that have land to expand, right? So, you know, the number of like ta- the town of Dartmouth is a prime example of that. They you know, they're able to increase tax revenue for many, many years without raising the tax rates because they just allowed for more development for like over decades. Sure. So the effort's pretty built out, uh, but we see commercial opportunities. And one of the places where we have seen opportunities at the golf course, right, which is a, you know, on Hathaway Road, it is a, a site that is like sort of prime real estate for commercial development for things like factories, advanced manufacturing factories, large warehouses, um, and combinations of the, the two, uh, as well as office space. So what we've sought to do a few years ago, starting a few years ago, is figure out, well, can we keep the golf course, right? And the golf in general has been declining in popularity, and so the city, in effect, um, subsidizes yes. the use of the, the maintenance of that course, right? Yeah. We don't make money off it. We make some money, but then we, you know, give them a lot of free water so it actually it actually ends up being negative right Right. so um what we try to do is say can we carve out a part of that golf course develop it commercially increase the tax base uh create more job opportunities and still have the golf course and so that took a lot of work and a lot of bringing a lot of expertise to figure out all of that and with the support of the city council uh and with the state delegation to you know to get certain approvals through the state legislature, which were necessary. Um, We were able to put this property out to market. um, And there were 60 folks who pulled the RFP and expressed interest in it. Ultimately, nobody bid. And so we're like, wow, how did that happen? (laughs) So there is some simple explanation. One is that before we start, when we started this process, there wasn't a war in Ukraine. It right. wasn't yeah, yeah. like eight percent, you know, annualized inflation. There wasn't, you know, uh, multiple uh, interest rate increases from uh, the Federal Reserve Bank and a lot of a lot of other uncertainty. So that that no doubt has played a part in it. Um, that's the he- that's the headline, by the way. Mitchell blames uh, golf course redevelopment snag on Putin. On Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. It's all his fault. He's a, he's a convenient villain these days. No, but 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 you know, as we look at it, you know, we want to make sure. And this happens sometimes, right? When you put out city property for sale or put out a request for proposals for anything, sometimes if you don't get the responses you want, there may be something in the RFP yeah. that needs to be tweaked, right? So in this case, you know, does it? we need to tweak the zoning to make it a little more flexible, right? right? You don't want to let anything in there. We don't want a scrap metal dealer, you know, setting up shop. We don't want a junkyard there, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's so, an yeah. important part, so, John. This is slow because you – a little slower than you thought because you have high standards. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you're trying to protect we don't want, yeah, we're not, right. yeah, so we don't want just anything to go there. Right. right? So that's one thing. Secondly, um, it, it requires the bidder to pay the whole thing up front, all 100 acres, right? Uh, and then third, you know, they have to wait for the golf course to be reconfigured, which will take a couple of years. Okay. So it may be, we may be asking a little too much. Okay. So we've hired a consultant to go back to the folks who expressed interest, including all the major, all the, the, the largest national commercial real estate brokers to take a look at it and say, okay, so what would you tweak here? And in light of that information, we'll go back and, and, uh, and, and make the, the fixes that we need 
to make in consultation with the city council, and uh, we'll put it back out. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Mayor Mitchell. Download the. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. We're here with Mayor Mitchell. Um, what's what do you th- I, I, what do you think is important to talk about, Mayor Mitchell? <laughs> what's on my mind? <laughs> what's on your mind? What do you think? What on- grinds your gears? <laughs> yes. Right. Has the show come to this point? <laughs> yes. Um, well, let me say a couple of things. So, um, uh, I'm excited. I will tell you, I, I spend I've been spending a lot of time these last few months, um, probably more on this than anything else, in um, lining up public capital for especially port projects, but other projects. Um, you know, we've worked very hard to put plans in place um, and to marshal arguments for public and public and private investment here. And that planning puts us in a position to be persuasive, right? It just to, yeah. as, along with the relationships we've developed with the Baker administration, you know, Lieutenant Governor, you know, our uh, two senators, um, a number of folks in federal agencies, right? They know New Bedford. They know that, you know, if, whether it's through a grant or some other funding mechanism, if they put money in here, it's going to, the job's going to get done. And so, We've been pleased over the last several months that a lot of stuff has moved forward. Sure. And we're poised now with the, sort of the – in the waning moments of the Baker administration to see a lot more the, of that. I think you will see in the next several weeks a number of really pleasing announcements. Um, oh, we've got a uh, teaser campaign. Yeah, I, I like, like that. that. So yeah, a little bit of that. But so, um, yeah, so – Yes, so I've been spending stay, a lot of time on that. Without you know, stay tuned. So stay, stay tuned. But there's a lot, there's a lot happening too. Like especially yeah. on the waterfront. I've just, of course, and it's out of the public's view. But and I, but I do spend a lot of time on that. But you know, there's, you know, there's, there's literally, right now, I don't know. I'd say at least a hundred million dollars worth of work going on with dredging and port facilities, yeah. both public and private. There's a lot of that, and the offshore wind industry is getting here soon mm-hmm. maybe when it is poised to start in april people are going to be really surprised when they see you know these massive wind components show up on yeah. the waterfront they're right. like oh yeah so the mayor wasn't really wasn't making this stuff up all along <laughs> after <laughs> so, i don't want so i'll say my told i told you so is now right, right. But, but that's happening that's really exciting uh, and we are as prepared as anybody because we've been working on it for 10 years um to take advantage of it so i just came from the first annual meeting of the new bedford ocean cluster which oh was yeah a, that's right i wanted to ask um, you about that you know, yeah. an organization that we founded um We've been working on it for a few years and then founded last year. It's chaired, the board is chaired by uh, former Mayor John Bullard. The executive director is Jennifer Downing, who's, uh, you know, a wealth my former of, neighbor. Yeah, a wealth of, uh, of uh, nonprofit experience. Yeah. And the Ocean Cluster's job is to facilitate investment, business to business connections, especially in the maritime space across maritime industries fishing, offshore wind, aquaculture, marine tech. Yeah. And um, there was a huge turnout tonight. You had fishing folks there. You had offshore wind folks. You had marine tech folks, folks from UMass. Um, and everybody's working together. That's and great. So in cities, you know, one of our goals is to get everybody on the same page to work, you know, toward the same ends, right? And 
um, and it's happening at a time when there's a lot of like really interesting stuff that's about to about to take off. So, so, um, so I, that's the one way of saying look, we've been working hard on a lot of stuff that's been out of the public's view, and it's going to start to materialize over the next six months. How, how often does will the ocean cluster meet? Well, so it's it's so it's an operating nonprofit. So right. So Jennifer spends a lot of her time, you know, uh, going to offshore wind conferences okay. and you know promoting the place. A lot of time speaking to businesses who are come want to come here as well as businesses that are here and like yeah. playing matchmaker. Oh, right? I just you said there was like a big meeting. Oh, there's a meeting. There's an annual meeting. Okay, and, annual yeah, meeting. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, that was so like you know the corporation right there. There's yes. a meeting and there's. You know, there were a lot of people there and so forth. So, yeah. uh, so that that's been that's been pretty exciting for us uh, too. Uh, so, um, Mayor, we, the other big exciting thing that um, is coming to the city is the train. Um, I, I think that you've been tempered in your in your in saying that. Look, yeah. it's it's not a panacea. I hate that word, but it's not. I hate that word so right? much. I mean, really, but but it's. But it's but been it, sold that way. It has. Yeah, it yeah. Has. Um, and I, I think if you're already going to Boston, so you're, you're, you're mean, got a way to you're get mean there. to your department heads. Why are you mean to the train as well? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you going to tie your department heads up <laughs> on the train? I need therapy. Right? Yeah. Snidely whiplash style, right? <laughs> but one of the things, there is going to be disruptions, obviously, at first. Um, I, I, I think about through the North End, things like that. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, How's the relationship with the MBTA so far um, as as they've been coming along? Do you feel like they're open to you guys? And I, I hate to do this, but you, you got a minute to answer that question before I have to take the next break. Well, when I'm not being mean to them, um, I, no, it's all good. No, so I think they're new to New Bedford, and there were, I think, some um, lines that we had to draw to uh, get them to understand that, you know, this isn't just some town that you happened into and you're going to just sort of tell us. Right. Tell us. Um, uh, what you want to do, and you know, we should do nothing but thank you. I I get along very well with Steve Poftak, who you know has a summer home right down the street here on West Island, right. and um, I think he has a lot of respect for what we've done in the city, and I've been able to work with him very well. Um, you know, he gets a lot of grief up in Boston these days because you know, they're all complaining about the MBTA, but he's been good to work with. One of the things that you're going to see fairly soon is a is the design of the pedestrian bridge, which will cross, which will replace the old one that's yeah. that's there, which will be a you know uh, uh, an, uh, an enormous upgrade. Um, what they proposed was pretty Soviet looking and kind of right. ugly yeah. and all, but and what we've been able to work with them on uh, over the last year or so is something that's going to look fantastic, and that, you know there will be a point not not too long from now. This is one of the projects that I'm talking about. Um, and when the public gets to see it. So I think that'll be good. Let's take a break, and we'll, we'll close out the hour with Mayor Mitchell. The New England Patriots are 